just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. My voice sounds a little different today. Well, it's because I just got off uh, talking for two hours. I did a TikTok Live with a, uh, another creator by the name of Granny Jace. She's the lady that does the uh, In a Minute News. She wanted to do a live together. And I was reluctant. I've been reluctant to do lives lately because it always seems to attract Trumplicans who come in there and try to take over the uh, the live and turn it into a shit show and then complain and have videos taken down and all that sort of thing. Uh, so I've just kind of avoided it. I like doing the lives. I like talking to people uh, live, uh, but I just haven't done it much. Well, I was surprised to find out. I brought Granny Jason and she and I talked and we answered some questions from the uh, audience. And uh, it went pretty well, actually. Granny Jace is a very bright woman. She has a great TikTok. If you haven't watched her, you should. Her In a Minute News and some other things she does is uh, very good, very well done. And you should check it out. But we spent about two hours talking, and we've got a lot of nice people come in. Maybe some of you folks that listen to the podcast showed up on the live, and I appreciate it very much. Uh, very successful. We got a lot of views and uh, spent a lot of time talking about a lot of different things. We've got a lot of good insights from people that were watching. Granny Jace had some great points to make and uh, made my job a little easier where I didn't have to talk the full extent of it. I mean, even I get tired of hearing myself sometimes, so I know you do. So to have somebody else's voice in there was a big help. And I think, you know, in the future, if I'd like to do some lives, and I think I will do more since I was able to get through this one without it turning into a shit show or having it taken down. feel more confident about doing more of them. And I think I'd like to uh, maybe have people with me live on the uh, live cast and uh, talk to other people because it makes it much easier to do that. Trying to carry the whole thing when you can't hear anybody else, you're just reading messages. It's a little tough. I have to put on my cheater glasses, which I don't normally have on TikTok, but I can't read those questions or comments without the glasses. So I look a little different too, but had a great time on the live. And again, if any of you folks joined us, thank you very much for doing that. I think now that I got through this one, I'm going to do a lot more of them because it's a great opportunity to talk to, uh, my peers and other people that come through. And so uh, expect more lives until such time the Trumplicans fuck it up again. We, uh, we talked about every possible thing you can talk about. Uh, so I'm trying to imagine what am I going to talk about here. Well, we can talk about some of those same things and some different things as well. There's always plenty of things going on. I mean, when you watch the TV news... It's amazing sometimes how many different things are going on, how many irons are in the fire. I remember the good old days in the 80s, 90s, 2000s, early 2000s. 
You didn't really think about politics that much. You didn't think about the president or the senators or the House of Representatives. You just kind of lived your life and assumed they would do the job that they were elected to do. And most of the time they did, but uh, I think they pulled some fast ones on us over the years, and we just didn't really care. We were kind of apathetic, or uh, we figured there's nothing we could do. Then all of a sudden, Donald Trump takes over, and that's all that anybody thinks about. Every day, Donald Trump came out and said something stupid, did something stupid, and everybody's in outrage about it. And all the people that follow him are supporting him no matter what he does. It really divided this country quite a bit. I mean, this country has been divided on many occasions over the years. Probably the most prominent, of course, was uh, the Civil War. Then we had civil rights. We had uh, the Vietnam War. There's been a lot of divisive times. And people sometimes think that this time is the worst ever. And I've said before, I don't think that's true. I think the 60s were more turbulent, more traumatic, more divisive, because you had a lot of things going on in the 60s. You had four major assassinations, JFK, RFK, MLK, and Malcolm X, all within the 70s. These people were murdered, assassinated. We had the Vietnam War. We had the protest and the riots for the Vietnam War. We had riots on college campuses. We had women's rights, and we had civil rights, and we had riots and uh, protests for them, too. If you aren't old enough to remember the 60s, and I'll grant you that I was pretty young during the 60s. I was born in 1960, so from 60 to 70, I went from 0 to 10. So I'm pretty small, really not taking in much of it. But I watched what was going on, and it was kind of freaky for a little kid. But given that's all I ever knew, I didn't realize how turbulent and traumatic it was by comparison to other decades. Well, as I got older and got out of the 60s, grew up, dealt with some things, I realized, well, it isn't always a fucking madhouse like that was. But then we get back into Donald Trump and things start to get stirred up again and things get to be divisive. People get upset. They're arguing. They're adversarial. They're willing to fight for what they believe in. And frankly, that's just not a good space for us to be in. If our country wants to be strong and successful, we have to be somewhat united. And I would think in the circumstances we're dealing with today, we would be united. Because what seems to divide us is democracy. We have people on the left that want to maintain democracy. And then we have the people on the right that would upend democracy. We are divisive, but we should be divisive on this thing. We've spent 250 years or 230 years or whatever it is trying to protect our democracy. And now all of a sudden we've got a threat, but the threat doesn't come from Russia or China or some outside country. It's within our country, within our own ranks of our own government. That is insidious as hell. And it's more dangerous than if another country was attacking our democracy. We've got people in power currently that are attacking our democracy. And here's one of the things that have troubled me about it, about what we're seeing. 
It was always assumed that if somebody did something bad, whether they be in government or just normal folks, that there would be some accountability and somehow it would be stopped. But all the time Donald Trump was in office, and now even after he's out of office, we're seeing a lot of people doing criminal things and getting away with it. We're seeing people ignoring subpoenas. Never in our wildest dreams did we think that was possible. And nobody really ever went outside the norm to test it. But now Donald Trump comes along. He does, in fact, test it. And guess what? The United States government fucking fails. We always thought the U.S. government had teeth, would hold people responsible and accountable. But we're finding out now that that is not the case. Our perfect little system may not be perfect at all if you get somebody who is like Donald Trump coming in and stir things up. It works as long as everybody knows the rules and is willing to abide by the rules. But the moment you have some fucking outsider come in and decide, there are no rules, I'll do whatever I want, any way I want. Now, in our heart of hearts, we would have thought, well, they'll stop them, they'll never let that happen. But we fucking let it happen. The Republicans let it happen. They continue to let it happen. And that concerns me about the country. We always thought of America as really strong, really unified to a certain extent, at least in regards to democracy. You may not agree with Republicans or Democrats, but you had to believe that everybody was all for our democracy and our form of government. We were proud of our form of government. Now we've got a faction of people that don't like it, want to overturn it, want to change everything in this country, and not for the betterment of this country, but for the betterment and enrichment of themselves. That is absolutely contrary as what was intended in the Constitution and what our government was expected to be. So we have all kinds of trouble. This causes people to become nervous. And you know what? You should be fucking nervous. Because democracy and our way of government is the one thing that sets us apart from all the other countries in this world. And it also protects all the people of this country. If we allow this country to fall to an autocratic leader, then the people that are going to pay the price are people like you and me. The average Joe, the middle class. You thought it was bad under Trump. If we go the way of autocracy, it's going to get even fucking worse. Now we have the 2022 election coming up. That is the midterms. People think it's going to go to the Republicans. They'll take control of the House and Senate. I say that's bullshit. They say it's going to happen that way because that's what history tells us. But as I've told people in the live tonight and other times here on the podcast, that's fine if you want to go based on history. But you have to look at what's going on now with all the bills, the uh, unprecedented bills being passed, politicians being exposed for their criminal behavior. All the things that are going on now are unprecedented in our history. You can't really go with what history tells us when we are living a time that we've never seen in history. All of this will have an impact on what happens in 2022. 
how it all shakes out between now and 2022 will have a bearing on how that midterm election will go. And I think there's enough going for the Democrats with the bills and the Build Back Better bill and how that's going to help the people. They'll realize the help. They'll see the benefits. And then exposing all the Republicans who may have been involved in the insurrection or in other crimes, trying to overturn our government, our elections. As those people become exposed and people know who they are, there's going to be a lot of people that pull away from the Trumplican party. I'm not saying the Republicans, because there's still a small faction of Republicans that are relatively normal. But they're going to pull away from the Trumplicans because it's a shit show. It's a dumpster fire. And if they stay with it, they're going to go down with them. They should have recognized that by now, but they didn't. So now we'll have to wait until it's pretty apparent and they will step away from it. This whole thing with Donald Trump, uh, the Republicans, the Trumplicans, the racism, all the crazy bullshit, it will fade away eventually. There's no way this country is going to allow them to take control again. And I think come 2022, that will be a perfect illustration. And when 2022 happens and the Republicans don't win, this is when you're going to see massive changes in the Republican Party. So for our own safety and for the hopes of changing the Republican Party back to a respected party as opposed to the conspiracy theorist, racist, insurrectionist pieces of shit they are now, it's imperative that we all vote. We need a huge turnout of Democrats come 2022. We need to make sure there's no question who won. I know that 2022 and the midterms are times when people don't come out in full force, but this time, history is different. And this time is an opportunity not only to maintain power and get things done, but to put away the Trumplican party as we know it now. End them. That's what will happen in 2022 if all the Democrats win and the Republicans lose. They'll abandon Donald Trump. They'll step away from the Trumplican attitudes and try to get back to normal. So that's why this election in 2022 is absolutely essential. And we will see some big changes if we can accomplish that. The reason people came out in 2020 is because they were scared of the prospect of Donald Trump coming back into office. Well, the people who were scared and came out in mass to vote for Donald Trump should be just as scared in 2022, maybe even more so. They should be scared to death, and hopefully that'll be enough of an impetus for these people to get out and vote in large numbers. And that will be the way you can save this country. And that will be the way we can rid ourselves of Donald Trump and the whole Trumplican ideology. All right. We got the Ghislaine Maxwell trial going on. Yep. A lot of stuff exposed. You know, the Demo- uh, the Republicans love saying the Democrats are pedophiles. Joe Biden's a pedophile. It's funny, all through the Ghislaine Maxwell trial about pedophilia, about Jeffrey Epstein, who's a convicted pedophile, we never heard Joe Biden's name brought up, not once, not on the plane, 
not on the island. But you know what we did here? We did hear a ton of Donald Trump. Because we know, in spite of what he says, Donald Trump was a close friend of Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. We know that he was on the plane. We know that he was on the island. We know that Jeffrey Epstein even delivered a 14-year-old girl to Donald Trump. This billionaire businessman, for whatever reason, somehow, please explain why Jeffrey Epstein, a convicted pedophile, delivers a 14-year-old girl to Donald Trump. What was that about? Was that a business meeting? Come on. All the Trumplicans that want to tell me that Joe Biden's a pedophile, show me some proof. I'll tell you Donald Trump is a pedophile, and I've got some evidence. Let's see who wins this one. Well, here's the interesting thing. The defense team has, or I'm sorry, the prosecution team has rested its case. They are done with the prosecution side of this trial. Now the defense will come up. Now it's going to be hard to make a defense. There are pictures, there are videos, there are documents all showing that Ghislaine Maxwell was part of this whole thing. Not only recruiting and grooming girls for Jeffrey Epstein, but also participating in some of the illicit, illegal sexual activity with underage women. Ghislaine Maxwell can't come out of this good. She can't come out of this free and clear. She is going to get convicted. She is going to go to jail. Now, we've heard some names come out. It'll be interesting to say if, see if after this trial, they continue the investigations into some of these other people that were obviously part of this whole process and were amenable to all this illicit activity, maybe even participating in this illicit activity. If Ghislaine Maxwell goes to jail, if Jeffrey Epstein did go to jail, then the people who hung around with them and maybe partook in uh, the same things that these people did, they need to be investigated and held accountable. Now, Republicans will frequently say to me, yeah, what about your precious Bill Clinton? Let me just say this up front. Never a fan of Bill Clinton. I will give Bill Clinton Credit where credit is due, though. When Bill Clinton came into office, the economy was awesome. But that's when technology took off, too, so it's not necessarily all him. But the one thing Joe Biden or that, that uh, um, Bill Clinton did that nobody has done for years or since is balance the budget at a, at a debt load of zero. Donald Trump added $7 trillion to the debt, but Bill Clinton added zero at the end of his terms, his two terms. And I'm kind of getting away from the point of where I'm talking about Bill Clinton here. They'll say, oh, yeah, well, Bill Clinton was on the plane. Okay. If he was on the plane and he was part of this whole pedophilia ring, he should be tried and that fucker should go to jail. Just because I'm rooting for Joe Biden doesn't make me a staunch Democrat and make me like everybody who was Democrat. Not a big fan of Bill Clinton. I was even less a fan of Hillary Clinton. That didn't cause me to vote for Donald Trump because, well, I'm not stupid. But I'm not a fan of the Clintons. And if they are part of this whole thing, 
by all means, take them down. You've been trying for decades and you've never been able to accomplish it. You try to get Hillary on Benghazi, which was absolute bullshit. She testified for 11 hours. You brought case after case against her and couldn't nail her on anything. Now, either she's a genius, a genius criminal, or she was innocent. But the bottom line is, for all the talk you Republicans did, you didn't accomplish anything because you didn't convict her. Now, Donald Trump's a little different situation. He's not very good at being a criminal. He does everything in your face. He tries to coerce the Secretary of State in Georgia to overturn the election. And he does it on audio tape. It's recorded. We heard him fucking do it. I mean, it's hard to say I'm innocent when you've got the audio tape showing exactly what you're doing and doing something illegal. Now, there's something more about this Georgia situation. We're trying to overturn the election. There's some very disturbing news coming out about that, and I want to talk about that. And we'll do that as soon as I come back from this quick break. All right, we know there's been a lot of problems down in Georgia. We know that Donald Trump tried to coerce, blackmail, pressure the Secretary of State Raffensperger to find 11,780 votes to overturn the election in Georgia. He pressured them, and there was audio recordings of him doing that. Lindsey Graham did the same thing, and there are audio recordings of that. Rudy Giuliani tried to stick his nose down there and try to get him to change it. They even tried to pressure the governor, Kemp, and he wouldn't do it. And the fact that Kemp wouldn't do it is the reason why Donald Trump is supporting David Perdue in a primary against Brian Kemp in the upcoming uh, gubernatorial elections. So that's not even the bad part of what's going on down there. One of the things that you don't hear enough about, and we should because it's absolutely appalling, is all these election workers, people who are donating their time to help out, to make sure the elections run properly, just doing their job. Pretty obscure people generally. Nobody really knows who they are because you don't need to know who they are. They just do their job to the best of their ability and make sure there's fair elections. But since Donald Trump had this hard-on for Georgia and elections there, claiming election fraud when there was none, there's been investigation, no evidence has been found. But as we know, Donald Trump loves yapping, he loves opening his mouth. And he started talking about one election worker by the name of Ruby Freeman. She's just an election worker in Georgia. She didn't hold any positions or any power there, but he decided to pick on her, claiming that she stuffed or double-counted votes or cheated somehow for Joe Biden. Well, she didn't. There's no investigation on her because there's no evidence that she did anything like that. But the problem is Donald Trump starts spewing her name about. Some of the press... Some of the right-wing press picks it up, start talking about her. 
Even Rudy Giuliani used her name. So what happens now to this woman? She gets inundated with death threats, threatening her and her family, coming to her house, protesting, harassing her. And for what? For simply doing her fucking job. So her family's upset. She's upset. I think they even moved her out of their house because there was just getting crazy around her home. And it was tough on this woman. She didn't have any horse in this race. I don't know who she voted for, but she was just trying to do the job as unbiased and subjectively or objectively as she could. She was trying to help out. In actuality, it was her daughter that was the election uh, person. They needed extra help, so she brought her mom in. And by doing that, it gave her all kinds of hell to deal with after the fact, simply because Donald Trump lost the fucking race, and he thinks he won, but there's no evidence that he won, so he needs to blame it on somebody. It couldn't be that Donald Trump couldn't pull the votes. He would never admit that. So he's got to blame it on somebody who allegedly cheated for Joe Biden. In this case, just some nobody, just somebody like you and me, Ruby Freeman. And now she's going through all kinds of hell. But what was interesting about her story is a new video came out after all these threats and all these calls, endless calls of people threatening to kill her. She gets she has ends up having to meet up with a woman. And this woman's name is, uh, what the hell is it? I can't even remember. Kuti or Kati or something like that? Yeah. Travion Kuti, that's her name. Now, she comes to meet with Ruby Freeman, says she's a crisis manager, and she's trying to help Ruby Freeman. She can help her get out from underneath this trouble that she's found herself in, but she has to be, she has to cooperate. Now, this Travion Coutte says to her, we know you cheated. You've got to admit you cheated. You've got to come out and admit you've cheated or you're going to go to jail. Problem is, Ruby Freeman didn't cheat. And she has enough integrity to suggest that I'm not going to admit I cheated when I didn't. But these people were insistent on her admitting she uh, was involved in election fraud and she needed to do it quick like in 48 hours. Why such a short time frame? Well, I'll tell you why. Because when they were talking, it was January 4th, two days from January 6th. They needed to come up with something, some example of election fraud before January 6th, so they could try to make a case. But unfortunately, Ruby Brown or Ruby uh, uh, Freeman was not cooperating with them because she didn't cheat, and she wasn't going to admit that she did when she didn't. Now, what's interesting about this, this woman is actually a PR agent in Hollywood or New York or someplace, and she represents a lot of people in PR. And I guess in that realm, 
you could almost call her a crisis manager. If somebody is having problems, she goes out and tries to fix it public relation-wise. Well, as people have looked into this, Travian Cootie, (laughs) I'll call her Cootie. That's not how you pronounce it, but it's appropriate for this stupid, ignorant, criminal bitch. It seems she represents Kanye West, which is really interesting. You see, Kanye West was a big Trump supporter. But then you're going to say, well, yeah, but Kanye ran for president against Donald Trump. Yes, he did. But that's an old political trick. You see, Donald Trump knew he wasn't going to do well with black voters. So what happened is Kanye West decided to run for president, which was a joke and ended up being a joke, because whatever they thought, however stupid these people were, they figured, oh, here's the deal. We can't get the black vote, so we'll have Kanye West run for the presidency. He'll get all the black votes and take them away from Joe Biden, so Donald Trump will win. You see, Donald Trump and his people think y'all stupid, that you would fall for something ridiculous like that, that you might vote for some crazy, stupid motherfucker like Kanye West to run for president. That was their game. That was their strategy. That's how they thought they could win. Get somebody that could get the black vote, at least in their mind, and take that away from Joe Biden, making it easier for Donald Trump to win. Well, clearly that didn't work because Joe Biden won by 7 million votes. But this woman, who represents Kanye West, among others, was basically pressuring Ruby uh, Freeman by saying, I represent some big people in the community of Hollywood. Uh, We deal with crises all the time. We're going to help you, but you need to admit that you created election fraud. Now, she didn't do it. The police ended up taking over, running these people off the ranch, so to speak. And Ruby ended up having to move someplace else and still under protection. And now that this video has come out showing what's going on, it's probably going to stir up more harassment for her. And it's a sad thing. This is just a woman who's a citizen trying to do her best to help out with the elections. Now she has to fear for her life every fucking day because these Trumplifucks want her to lie even though she didn't do it and is refusing to lie. So their answer to that is then, we'll fucking kill you if you don't lie. That gives you a sense of the integrity of these Trumplifucks and Donald Trump. This Travion Cootie, again, I know I'm mispronouncing it. But Cootie seems to fit this pest of a bitch. So now she's going to have some trouble. If you're a PR agent and you get caught in something like this, some kind of seditious act like she was doing here, i got to think that that's going to impact your business. And Kanye West... I don't know. There may be some young people out here that think he's a genius. I do not think he's a fucking genius. I think he's a nutcase. I mean, let's face it. He married Kim Kardashian. How fucking bright can he be? Secondly, his music. He 
He's not a genius when it comes to his music. In order to do his music, he has to sample somebody else's music and then do some variation on it after the fact. You want to tell me you're a fucking genius? Then write your own goddamn music. Come up with a hit on your own instead of stealing it from somebody else. Oh, sure, you probably pay them some money for sampling their music, but how can you possibly say you're the full creator of whatever song you put out if you have to sample somebody else's work to make it worth listening to? Not a big Kanye fan. It's not that I'm an old man and don't like rap. I just don't like Kanye. Everything about him sucks. The fact that he loves Donald Trump is enough for me to say, fuck this guy. But you throw in all the other stuff and all the crazy talk and he's just not worth the time. He's a fucking nutcase. The fact that he's got a lot of money is just upsetting to me. Here's a guy that doesn't have the talent to write his own songs, but yet he's got a lot of money. That is certainly unfair and might explain why he's such a buddy to Donald Trump. My point of this whole thing is that we're talking about Ruby Freeman. Her life has been turned upside down because of these death threats and people harassing her over and over again. But it's not just Ruby Freeman. There are dozens of election officials that are getting the same treatment. The Secretary of State of Georgia getting death threats, threatening his family, threatening his life. All these people that aren't politically inclined necessarily, but are just trying to do their job, trying to do their duty and help out their community by helping to run a fair and honest election. They do that. Now they get punished by these Trumplefucks by getting death threats. Somebody like Ruby Freeman or any of these other election officials, they don't expect anybody to even know their name, let alone be accused of ridiculous crimes. But that's what's happening here. That's how the Republicans handle it. We didn't get what we want. We're going to say it's cheating. And if you don't agree with us, we're going to hurt you physically, emotionally, economically. That's what they do. And that's just not America as we used to know it. This is a sad place for this country. These fucking people are dirtballs. And we should have some empathy for these election officials that are just getting ravaged by these animals. This has got to stop. Innocent people don't deserve to go through this just because they're providing an answer that one group of people don't like. There's always going to be a winner, and there's always going to be a loser. And the loser may be unhappy about it, but you have to be the bigger person and say, okay, I lost, I'll do better next time. But these people are incapable of doing that. They're just going to complain and fight and yell and scream and cheat until they get their way. That is contrary to what this country was built on what the Constitution says, and what we expect of our country. And that should be upsetting to each and every one of us, disconcerting. And we should be willing to fight in any way necessary to straighten this out. The way of the Trumplicans and Donald Trump cannot stand, because if it does stand, then democracy does not stand. And that's a bridge too far, as far as I'm concerned. 
All right, let's talk about a couple other things. Bannon and Gates, Steve Bannon, Matt Gates on TV someplace, talking about 2024 and taking over the country. And everything they said when they were talking sounded like it was promoting violence or fighting in the streets or insurrection. It's ironic that Steve Bannon and Matt Gates would be sitting there saying this. Well, we'll lead the way. We will do this. We will fight like hell. They're actually advocating violence in the streets. They're actually advocating insurrection. They're advocating cheating on elections. But what's ironic about these two clowns, Steve Bannon is going to go to court for criminal contempt of Congress. He will get convicted, and he will go to jail. Matt Gates, without question, is going to jail. It's taking longer than people had hoped, but Matt Gates will get indicted, he will stand trial, and he will go to jail. So here are your two leaders telling you all the things you need to do, but they won't even fucking be there to help you or guide you because these two fucking clowns are going to be in prison. Those are your leaders. Those are the people that are going to find truth and justice for you. The largest fucking criminals on the face of this earth. Doesn't that make you feel weird? Upset, embarrassed, ashamed. Doesn't that make you ashamed? Well, the Trumplicans, no, of course it doesn't. Because it only matters if they're right, not what is true. And people like Bannon and uh, Gates are just cultivating that and uh, putting tinder on the fire, whipping people up and causing them to want to be violent and aggressive and be insurrectionists. These two need to be taken down and taken out of the picture very quickly because they are nothing but trouble for this country. And I think they will. Steve Bannon will definitely go to jail. Matt Gates will definitely go to jail. But we've got a lot of people behind them that should be in the same boat, should go to jail. So we will see if, in fact, that happens. Now, we've been talking about Mark Meadows. You know, he was going to testify in front of the select committee. Then now he's not. He says he's going to stand strong with executive privilege. But Donald Trump's claim of executive privilege has lost in a huge way in two courts. Now, it might be appealed to the Supreme Court, but it's not going to win there. If Donald Trump doesn't win this case, that takes away the defense of the likes of Mark Meadows, Jeffrey Clark, or Steve Bannon, or any of these people. It takes away that defense because they will have to fight it in the very same courts that have just said that executive privilege is nothing. It doesn't exist in this situation. So there's no way they can win their cases. There's just no way precedence has been set. A similar court case has been tried, and uh, they're not going to win. And they have to see this. I can't believe they'd be so stupid to go to jail for Donald Trump, especially when Donald Trump would never do anything for them. He's not going to get back into the presidencies, and he's not going to be able to pardon you. Many people before you have thought they were going to get pardoned, like the insurrectionists. You know what? Not one has. 
and these sons of bitches are going to jail, and good fucking riddance. Well, the thing is, Mark Meadows is now not going to testify, but oops-a-daisy, he did turn over 6,000 documents to the House Select Committee. A lot of these documents have very incriminating things for Mark Meadows, Donald Trump, some of the other people involved in the administration. That was not a good move. You didn't want to turn that stuff over, especially if you were going to decide not to testify. And here's the thing. You're talking about executive privilege. You want to keep things secret. But Mark, you wrote a fucking book. You spelled it all out in the book. You turned over 6,000 documents. All they want to do is talk to you about those things you've already released. So even if you thought you might have some chance at executive privilege, you kind of blew it because you threw it out there in the netherworld and everybody can read it. Well, I will say this. Mark Meadows' book's not doing too well. Don't expect it to be on the New York bestsellers list because it's just not doing well. Much like Chris Christie. He had his book about the Trump years. He was on every TV channel. First week, he sold 2,300 books. That's not a good week. That You're not going to make any money. They're not going to ask you to write another book if that's how you perform. But the interesting thing about these documents that he turned over to the House Select Committee is that one of those things he gave over was a uh, PowerPoint presentation. And this PowerPoint presentation essentially was a plan to overturn the election. This was after November 3rd, leading up to January 6th. This PowerPoint presentation was intended to play for other members of Congress. And it was laying out step by step a plan to overturn the election. (laughs) Well, you know, that's fucking illegal. That's real illegal, especially if it's all based on lies. And Mark Meadows already turned it over. We may not have to worry about Mark Meadows testifying because they'll just indict this son of a bitch and put him on trial. Then he can plead the fifth. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. But the fact of the matter is the evidence is there. He will be convicted and he will go to jail. So smooth move, ex-lax, as we used to say in my grade school days. That was about the stupidest thing you could possibly do, Mark Meadows. You basically put yourself up as a sacrifice. And if you think Donald Trump is going to or can help you, you're fucking mistaken. You're going to pay the price, and you should. You definitely should be in prison. And you probably will be. Last thing, we had the Bob Dole funeral. Now, you have to be older to know who Bob Dole is. You have to be kind of my vintage. Bob Dole was a U.S. senator. He was the uh, state uh, Senate minority leader for a time. He ran for president in 80 against uh, Reagan, lost. He ran against uh, for the candidacy with uh, George H.W. Bush and lost. This guy was a powerful guy. He was an extreme conservative extreme Republican, didn't agree with anything he said, would never have voted for him under any circumstances. But the guy had a little integrity, you know? He did. He uh, served in World War II. He was wounded. He had a disability. 
for the entire entirety of his life. It affected his life, his business, never complained about it. But he went on to be successful and powerful in the business of government. Now, as much as I don't agree with him, I do have some appreciation for, as I say, his integrity. He was a decent man. He wanted the best for the country. He was willing to talk to Democrats and liberals, negotiate and compromise with them to get things done for the betterment of this country. But I have to believe if he saw in his waning days the Republican Party and how it's ended up, he had to be just sick about it, appalled. Because now the Republican Party is known for conspiracy theories, racism, insurrection, touting violence to get what they want without regard to what the country needs. This is the polar opposite of what Bob Dole and people of his uh, peer group, Ronald Reagan, George H.W. Bush, I got to think all of them would be pissed off and want to kick some Republicans' ass if they saw what their party ended up being. So now the Republicans have a lot of trouble. They aren't anything like they once were. You almost can't call them the Republican Party because they bear no resemblance to the Republican Party back in the Bob Dole, Ronald Reagan days. They're totally different. Conservatives didn't add $7 trillion to their debt, but that's what Donald Trump and the Republicans did in their four years. Totally contrary to what Republicans were all about. And I wanted to mention to those Republicans who hear this message, If you're of the age where you remember Bob Dole, maybe even worked with Bob Dole or voted for Bob Dole or Ronald Reagan or George H.W. Bush, when you look at the Republican Party, if you're old enough, you look at the Republican Party, you know what I'm saying is true, that it bears no resemblance to the original Republican Party and that the Republican Party currently is a fucking mess. It's an embarrassment. It's bad for our country. But there will be people in the Republican Party will side with those trump mainly because they think that's power for them and it will get them votes. But with all this new stuff coming out, trust that these people will be going by the wayside. There will be indictments. There will be convictions and jail time. And when 2022 comes along and the Republicans don't take back the House or the Senate, people are going to start separating themselves from Donald Trump because now he's a liability, not an asset. They're going to discard him like so much so much garbage. But the problem is the people who stood by him too long will still have the stink of Donald Trump on them. They'll never get it off of them, and it'll pretty much ruin their careers. So what I'm saying is to the people who voted Republican were staunch Republicans. You need to stop thinking about parties. You need to start thinking about this country. You need to start thinking about what is right and what is true. Not voting for anybody just because they've got an R after their name. Because remember, the Republican Party bears no resemblance to what we once knew. At some point, you've got to vote your heart, your conscience, and understand what's better for this country. And even though it may be hard to vote for a Democrat over a Republican, 
It shouldn't be hard when you understand that it's about the security and the safety and the future of this country. Stop being fooled by people who are conspiracy theorists and insurrectionists and racists. If that's not you, if that's not how you identify, you need to get away from them. You need to vote differently. Now, ultimately, you would probably be better served if the Republican Party went back to what it was, be conservative, yet respectful. But you've only got a couple of those Republicans that are willing to stand up, stand out, and speak out against the bullshit that's going on in the Republican Party. But understand, when this all goes down and goes away, and it will, it's going to suck you down the toilet with them. So now is the time to make a change. Now is the time to do the right thing for this country and not perpetuate these criminals' corrupt pieces of shit. Because if you do, you're going to hurt this country. And when it's all over, and it will be over, you will not be able to wipe the stink off of you. Now's not the time to think about partisanship. Now's the time to think about saving this country. That's where we are. That's what we need to do. So I beg you Republicans that are normal, that are decent, that don't believe in the bullshit that you're hearing now, to vote your conscience and do the right thing. All right, we're going to wrap it up for the Rational Boomer Podcast. I want to thank you very much for spending the time to listen. If you have a question or comment, by all means, send me an email directly at rationalboomer at gmail.com or go to anchor.fm, look for Rational Boomer Podcast, and you can leave a voicemail message. I want to thank you again for stopping by. And we'll talk to you again real soon. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.